Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. No EJ today. We couldn't get on the same page, but we're going to both be at the Devils Rangers tonight at Madison Square Garden, so we'll try to work out another day. You know, maybe it'll be Wednesday, maybe it'll be Friday, I don't know, but we're going to get EJ back at some point, but I still have plenty to say. And I wanted to start the podcast off with something that I think the knee-jerk reaction to is going to be very negative. But if you hear me out, and if you've heard me before, um, you're not going to be overly surprised, is... I think Gary Bettman is a good commissioner. Now, let that wash over you because he gets booed every time he introduces the captain to receive the Stanley Cup, and he's looked upon as a villain because in the 30 years, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because yesterday was the 30th anniversary in which he was hired, replacing Gil Stein as president, who replaced um, probably one of the worst presidents in the history of any sport. Uh, when you go back to um, John Ziegler, who was just um, incompetent as far as I was concerned. You know, Gil Stein, right there with him, tried to get himself into the Hall of Fame for being a commissioner for five minutes. So that's a, a, a common perception that he actually came in for Ziegler when he actually came in for Stein. Either way, December 11th, 1992, he became commissioner of the National Hockey League. So 30 years as a commissioner is a pretty, a pretty long haul. You know, that's like David Stern-esque. And, like, you know, Goodell's been commissioner now for probably going on 20. Um, it's not as transient as you would think. I mean, these guys usually do spend a lot of time there, but 30 years. And the reason I feel like it's going to be an unpopular opinion is because you'll say, well, Don, look at how many work stoppages that you had under Gary. You know, of course, the biggest one, the entire cancellation of a season. How can you say he's a good commissioner? Well, I'll tell you. Michael K. brings this up in his show a lot, that the commissioner works for the owners. And that's a very difficult job to be able to convince owners all to be on the same side, especially in hockey, because the uniqueness of hockey is that they've got teams in Canada, significant teams in Canada. This isn't, you know, like the NBA has got one team in Toronto and the NFL has no teams uh, in Canada. Um, Baseball's got one team in Canada, Toronto, which is a major city. Um, so they don't really have to worry. They've got 30 teams, and only one is in Canada. Well, the NHL's got 32 teams, and seven of them reside in Canada, and some of them very significant to the sport. Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. And trying to make everybody happy is very, very difficult to do because the money they make in Canada and the taxes that they pay are quite different than they are in the United States. That was the big bone of contention back in with the original work stoppage back in 94, 95, is that you got these Canadian teams that make Canadian money, which at the time was like 75 cents on the American dollar, and they had to pay outrageous taxes where teams in the United States get tax breaks, get their buildings built for them, and they make American money 100%, you know, goes into their pocket. So 
you're trying to balance that out. That's why he fought as hard as he did for a salary cap. Now, there's players. Jeremy Roenick wanted to kill him. Chris, Chris Chelios wanted to kill him. I know there's a lot of players who hate Gary Bettman, but hate the owners. He's trying to keep sanity among these 32 owners who all have different perspectives, all have different amount of money in their pocket. Try to keep them all happy. In a players association and having to deal with different um, representatives, whether it was uh, you know good now to, um, to fear, um, he's had to balance a lot. So the work stoppages to me were inevitable because the game was broken. And it has been fixed. And under his watch, we can look at the negatives of the salary cap. Um, the, the players will mention that. And we can look at, you know, maybe there was a dropping of the ball with CTE and headshots and concussions. Certainly, I'm not going to apologize for the National Hockey League's ignorance to that, similar to what happened in football for many, many years. And, you know, clearly the work stoppages from the owners, you know, teams moving and all that. But, you can also look at the positives of there's 32 teams and there's teams that are struggling for sure. Um, Arizona certainly is a a stain, I think on the NHL's ledger for the fact that they still have a team in Arizona. They're playing at a a university arena that holds 5,000 people and really a very checkered future and a very checkered past. But overall, a lot of teams have been able to get their footing Ottawa looks like they might be able to get a new building downtown. You know, Florida's been able to survive and thrive, uh, making it to the second round last year. Hey, no commissioner is going to have a perfect ledger. But the one thing Gary Bettman was asked to do, that no other commissioner was asked to do, was grow his sport into prime time. To, To grow it into a major sport. It cannot make the revenue that baseball, basketball, and football can make. It cannot get the television contracts. It's played predominantly by Canadian players and European players. It's not a sport that the entire country has completely embraced because not everybody skates, not everybody understands the sport. And yet, when other commissioners failed, he was able to succeed to get national television exposure. Sure, OLN, NBC at first looked like an embarrassment, but it grew into a very lucrative television contract that was able to garner rest, uh, ratings and exposure and now has been able to parlay that into getting back into bed with ESPN. Remember, after the lockout in 94-95, the, e- the ESPN and ABC had no interest in the NHL. They were done with the sport. It wasn't getting any ratings. The sport was dying. You had the, um, uh, the, the trap and there were no superstars and, and they were ready to move on to the NBA, baseball, and football, and they had just no concern for the NHL. Couldn't wait to drop it. Couldn't wait to get rid of it. And yet they couldn't wait to get back in bed with it 20 years later because the sport has grown and has flourished to where it is. It's still the fourth sport, all right? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's rivaling the other three major sports because it's not. But it's got a national television contract. It's getting exposure that they never got before. And I think Gary deserves a lot of credit for that. I think the sport is in a much better place than it has ever been in its history. Because it's got the exposure. It's on ESPN. It's on ABC. It's on TNT. Games are available now through the apps. Buildings are full. Post-pandemic, obviously they're not as full as they'd like them to be, but I still think the pandemic has a lot to do with that. And to be able to go through the heavy lifting of trying to continue to raise Stanley Cups during the course of the pandemic. All the commissioners deserve credit for that. So... I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm a Gary apologist, although you may think I am. And I did work at the NHL for a while. I do not know Gary as a friend. I know him personally, but I don't have his number. I don't have a relationship with him. This all comes from uh, you know genuine 
um, a fan of the sport and a genuine um, worker uh, in the National Hockey League, calling games, loving the sport. And I look at what Gary's done, and I think overall, you weigh the good and the bad, and I think the good overwhelms the bad, and I think he's been a very, very good commissioner for this sport. He doesn't have a lot to compare to because the guys before him were relics that didn't care about growing the sport in the United States. All they cared about were the Canadian dollars and caring about the Canadians and the Maple Leafs. And to see the expansion. Wayne Gretzky deserves a lot of credit for the expansion, too, growing the sport. But uh, I don't think anybody thought um, back in the um, the Campbell days, in the early Ziegler days, that we'd be having hockey in Dallas and two teams in Florida and two teams in Southern California and a team in Carolina and a team in Arizona, although they're hanging by a thread. But you know what I'm talking about. And I think uh, when you look at the NHL compared to other sports, there is a... There's a blockade that exists for hockey that does not exist in other sports. You're trying to sell a sport that the overwhelming majority of people that follow it have never played. I mean, everybody's played some form of basketball, baseball, or football, whether it's wiffle ball in the backyard or throwing the Nerf around or just having a pickup game of basketball at school. Everybody has played those sports, understands those sports. Those sports are all offered everywhere in the country in high school where you can play them. And I would say in 75 to 80% of the high schools in the United States, hockey is not available. Most people don't know how to skate. There are, there are places in this country where the only way you can skate is to practice at 1 o'clock in the morning when the rink closes to the general public and that you can go out there and skate. And to be able to see people still be interested in a sport that is pretty much foreign to them. A large percentage of the players have names that we cannot pronounce, that don't have the command of the English language. It's a game that's very difficult to understand when you've never played it. It doesn't have a lot of American stars in it, where its biggest stars are Sidney Crosby from Canada, Alexander Ovechkin from Russia. And yet still the sport is able to find its platform in the sports landscape, and I think that is pretty incredible, and I think Gary deserves a lot of credit for that. So... Always think about that. Well, nobody cares about hockey. Well, imagine if football was something that was completely foreign to everybody, that the majority of the players came from Canada, that it's a sport that isn't accessible to everybody, that nobody's been able to play. It isn't in your high schools. How popular would the sport be? So I think there's a lot of positives around the, the, where this sport is rather than negatives, and the other commissioners wanted to lean into that and not try to grow it and make it bigger. And laughed at the idea that you can have teams in Tampa and Fort Lauderdale and Dallas, Texas and Arizona and two teams in Los Angeles. So I think that's something you kind of have to uh, have a perspective on for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get into the nuts and bolts of hockey. Uh, Ovechkin now climbing the charts. His last three goals have been empty netters, but they've counted 797 now for the Caps forward. So we're, we're looking at the possibility of within the next week he can break Gordie Howe uh, or get to 800 and take over number two 
and creeping closer and closer to 894 for uh, Wayne Gretzky, which seemed in- impossible. Now the Caps have not played well, but uh, he continues to score and continues to do well, even though the team has struggled just a bit. But they did win over a red-hot Winnipeg Jets team 5-2 to two last night, trying to keep uh, their playoff hopes alive. Uh, the Boston Bruins are just a juggernaut right now. But I want to focus on Vegas. I got a chance to see them live on Wednesday. Um, They're a really good hockey team. They are. And I think they're well coached. And I think uh, what Cassidy has done there has been great. Uh, They don't have a lot of stars. They're banged up. I mean, Eichel is hurt. Uh, Petrangelo has been out because of a illness in his family. But what is wrong with the Vegas Golden Knights, who you know got full houses pretty much every single night? People are totally into the team, and yet Vegas sits at eight and seven at home. It's just kind of strange. But Boston took care of them. The Bruins just continue to march forward, as they've just been incredible. They've got forty-five points right now. But give Toronto credit. Toronto is still hanging around, even though Boston does have a couple of games in hand. But that was a that was a fun game uh, last night. Kraken continue to march forward. Panthers could be in real trouble here because if you take a look at the standings, things are starting to balance themselves out. Every team in the playoffs right now, as we speak on December twelfth, before the pu- first puck is dropped has a plus goal differential. Uh, The lowest being the Rangers and the Hurricanes at plus seven. And then Detroit's at minus two. Washington is at minus two. And there's only one point separating the Rangers and the Red Wings. And the Red Wings do have two games in hand. Um, Washington uh, has played one more game than the Rangers. They sit also one point back. Florida, same amount of games plays the Rangers. I'm mentioning the Rangers because the Rangers have that last wild card spot. But even if you look at Tampa, who's in third in the Atlantic Division, has a five-point lead on Florida with two games in hand. So right now, Florida's got to look at the wild card. So things starting to balance themselves out. Only one team right now is in the playoffs that was not in the playoffs last year at this moment, and that's the New Jersey Devils. And the way they're playing right now, even though they did lose to the Islanders the other night, got really bad goaltending. Um and lost the game 6-4, but they have still have a 7-point lead on Carolina and have an 11-point lead as far as falling out of the playoffs are concerned. So I think the Devils are here to stay. So this might be what we're looking at moving forward. Detroit, Washington, Montreal, Buffalo all could be out. Florida, however, is the one team I'm still not ready to shut down. They've got an even goal differential, but they've been just very average. Not sure if a coaching change is on the horizon there. Not sure what they're waiting on. But uh, clearly, they've got to do something because they might fall out of this thing pretty quick. They had that hot hot start last year, able to hold on to it, made it out of the first round for the first time since, what was it, 1996 when they went to the Stanley Cup final. But they seem to be right back to where they were before. Avalanche winning overtime over the Blues. Give the Avalanche credit. They are missing so many players. Nikushkin did come back for them, but no Landeskog, no McKinnon. They are missing so many important players to them and yet they still find ways to win games and hang. And i got to give a lot of credit to Jared Bednar. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NHL. You know, calling that game on Friday, even though they're missing some of the most skilled players in the world, their system didn't change. They play the exact same game no matter who's on the ice, and that's a credit to them. And i got to tell you, I've got the benefit of watching Adam Fox every day, and he is an amazing player and a Norris Trophy candidate. Kale McCarr is just stunning. He is jaw-droppingly good. He really is. And I give credit to Jared Bednar. Most of these coaches wouldn't tell you the price of a hot dog if they were standing next to the sign. But Jared Bednar in his pregame press conference, 
Now, he didn't give you any kind of uh, earth-shattering news, but somebody asked him to describe the difference between Adam Fox and Kale McCarr, the last two players that have won the Norris Trophy. And he said that Fox has a great ability to distribute the puck. He's got amazing vision. He says, but Kale, he's got explosiveness and, and speed and skill. If you were able to combine these two players, you'd have somebody that would be even better than you know, Bobby, uh, Bobby Orr or um, you know, Phil Bork. Or Ray Bork, excuse me, not Phil Bork. It'd be easy. To, no, no offense to Phil. <laughs> Ray Bork. Um, that's how skilled these two guys are. McCarr is just jaw-droppingly good, and he he can play with Taves. Uh, he can play with any other defenseman you want to you know bring in with him, and he will play because he plays with Gerard, but he also can play with Taves, and he doesn't miss a beat. He's just such a good player. And that Avalanche team, if they can just survive some of these injuries, and none of the injuries seem to be overly long-term. They start getting these guys back, and the Avalanche are every bit as good, and Alexander Georgiev is an upgrade from what they had last year in goal, and they were good enough to win the Stanley Cup. So that's how very, very scary that team uh, can be. You know, as for the Rangers, um, got to see them, obviously, uh, on the road trip. It's starting to come together for them. They've won three in a row, plus seven in the last three games in the third period. They had three unanswered goals against the Blues to erase a 4-3 deficit going to the third last week, and then they were able to have that four-goal explosion against Vegas on Wednesday, and they stayed even with Colorado to force overtime in the shootout where they eventually won on the Panarin goal. Um, So it's starting to come together for them, and I'm bullish on the Rangers moving forward being a better team. Um, They didn't panic. They didn't freak out. So give them credit for that. They've always been very good on the road. Now we'll see tonight, and as we take a look at the schedule for tonight's games, now we'll see tonight because the Devils come in having lost their last game. They really controlled the play, although I thought the Rangers played pretty well last Monday, when these uh, two Mondays ago, when these teams last hooked up. But the Rangers have had like real issues at home. Just some of their worst games of the year have been at home. They're 5-6-4 and four at home. So now they come back for a couple of games at home against really good teams. They've got the Devils tonight, Thursday against the Leafs. So we'll see. Was this the Rangers just coming together on the road like they've been known to do? Or have they turned some sort of a corner? And if they can beat the Devils, make it four in a row, really put a nice win on their resume, and you feel like they're back. But I think they're kind of knocking on the door. Flames of the Montreal Canadiens tonight at 7 o'clock. Pittsburgh playing host to Dallas. You know, the Penguins are starting to um, surge here. Five consecutive wins. They've taken over that third spot in the Metropolitan Division. Tied with Carolina, though Carolina's got a game in hand. But we talked about this on Friday's podcast that they just continue to surprise. And Dallas has been very good as well. They've got a couple of wins in a row as they will play in Pittsburgh. That could be a fun, fun game tonight. A lot of games that are fun. Duck Senators are not one of them, unfortunately. Uh, The Wild and the Oilers just trying to figure these two teams out, right? Because you look at that wide open Western Conference and Edmonton sitting there in the second wild card, first wild card with 32 points. Minnesota has got the last wild card with 30. Um, Edmonton is only three points back of the Kings to climb into the Pacific Division. But even though Minnesota's tied with Colorado for the third spot in the Central, Colorado's going to get their skis on and just take off. So I've got a lot more confidence in Edmonton climbing back in the top three in their division than I do the Wild in the Central. So that's going to be a fun game. Uh, I don't know what Blues team is going to show up. I don't know what Nashville team is going to show up. Good luck trying to figure that game out at 8 o'clock tonight. Two very inconsistent teams playing each other. 
St. Louis just up and down, up and down, but now they're down again, just two wins in their last 10. I don't think St. Louis is a playoff team. I think major changes are going to be coming there. And Nashville, uh, they're on the outside looking in. They've lost a couple of games in a row after playing very well. So I I don't know where the heck uh, either of those teams are going. Uh, I think, actually, to be honest with you, I think both of them are going nowhere and will both be non-playoff teams. But there's still lots of hockey left to decide that. Let's close it out with your tweets at at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Uh, Robert Thie says, hey, Don, which arena do you think has the most annoying PA announcer? E.g., when announcing the the name of the home team's goal scorer or a home team power play. I, I honestly, sometimes, because when I'm calling a game, I don't spend a lot of time paying attention. I, I've... Uh, the the engineer will come into the booth and say, "Do you want the goal scores like announcement?" And I'm like, "No," because it ends up missing play. The only thing I like is just the ambiance of the arena, the ambient noise coming from the ice. Um, and if I'm there's some confusion on a penalty call, they might you know want to mic up the uh, the official, but I don't want to hear the PA. So I really don't have an answer to that. Um, I don't think any of them seem overly annoying. I think some buildings are obnoxiously loud for no reason. Like, why is it so damn like Vegas was just like an, an attack on the senses, light shows and and noise. And it's like, dude, we got you got two good hockey teams playing each other. That should be enough. That that arena was a little annoying to me, but I don't have an answer for the PA guy. Uh, Michael TV says, where will Patrick Kane end up? I, I, I My prediction was the Rangers. I don't have any reason to believe that it will not be the Rangers just trying to create some cap space and make it work. I think I told you last week when the Blackhawks were in town, I talked to some people who said that they believe it won't happen until after the first of the year. So we got a few weeks before we get to that point. I'll be in Chicago on Sunday, so I'll sniff around to see if we got any new information there. Jimmy Berger says, do you like that Panarin has been firing the puck on net more frequently as of late? My thinking is it will help the Rangers' power play become less predictable, especially given that Fox isn't much of a shooter, as you've mentioned. And that's why I think that it would really be interesting to get Truba at the point for the power play, but uh, who am I? Yeah, Panarin's played better. He's blocking shots now, becoming more of an all-around guy. A lot of the Rangers' inconsistency, if you will, early in the season, I think was coming from him. Um, now he seems to be a little bit better, and I think uh, that's why another reason, and, and thank you for bringing that up, that I'm bullish on the Rangers moving forward is, is the play of Panarin. Um, let's see. JJ says, very random top five, but what do you think are the top five classic rock album covers of all time off the top of your head? As for hockey, when was the last time you recall all three local teams being this good at the same time? Well, best rock my, my favorite album cover is News of the World by Queen. That is with the big robot, and that I, I love that off the top of my head. And, of course, you cannot beat uh, the monk that sets himself on fire on the cover of Rage Against the Machine. All right, those are the two that kind of pop into my head. But as far as the three locals, and I, there's a great article that um, Greg Rosinski from ESPN wrote about that very thing, and I'm quoted in it. So if you want to find that article to read about it, but really, the last time, I mean, all three made it in 94. But, you know, the Devils and the Rangers went to the conference final. Rangers sh- uh, shut out the Ron Hextall Islanders in the first round or, or swept them in four games. Yeah, that's probably, but really to where all three teams can be in the conversation for making deep runs. I mean, the Rangers did it last year. Uh, the Islanders did it the two years before. And the Devils right now look like the second or third best team in the NHL. So this might be the first time ever that we can legitimately talk about all three 
being this good. David says, Sidney Crosby is having another spectacular season at 35 years old. Should he be in the MVP conversation, and is it time to put him in the top five all time? Well, there's still a lot of hockey to be played, but i got to tell you, you get a lot of get-off-my-lawn guys, well, whack am I, they couldn't skate with Bobby Hull or Wayne Gretzky or Mario Lemieux. Sidney Crosby is as good as any player that I've ever seen and as good as anybody that's ever played in this league. Right, he played in different eras. You know, he played, uh, you know, things opened up a little bit more when he came into the league after the lockout, but, you know, it's it's opened up even more. He survived concussions. He is a winner. He scored the biggest goal maybe in, um, in Canada history outside of Paul Henderson. So Sidney Crosby is in that conversation for sure. And when it's all said and done, and this may seem blasphemous, but because of the games played, you know, could he end up being? Now, I don't think he'll ever be better than Mario because Mario never had Hoskins, never had the bad back. He's flirting with Wayne Gretzky. But when it's all said and done, when the resume is presented, and it's not like Sidney hasn't had to overcome some things. He's had some, you know, obviously some uh, concussions and all that. Is he? He's right there with Mario. That's saying something. It really is because Mario Lemieux was just uh, an amazing, an amazing player. Uh, Joseph G says Rangers on a bit of a run right now. What's gonna what? What's gone right for them? What can they fix? They're clearly not the same Eastern Conference team. No, but they weren't that before they made the trade for Cop and Vitrano. That's why I think it's an it's an unmade bed right now. The Rangers. Uh, so there's still a lot of work to be done. But I, again, I'm waiting to see as well. I mean, tonight and Thursday are gonna be very interesting. Because the Rangers play very well on the road, so uh, and the Blues stink, and they were down four three against them going to the third period. So I'm not ready to say that everything is great, uh, that the ship is automatically now sailing in the right direction. But it does seem like things are turning better for them. But let's see what they do over two two really good teams, and then they got to go on the road against uh, two not great teams. They're in Philadelphia Saturday, Chicago Sunday, and then really maybe the the most anticipated regular season game that they've played in quite some time in Pittsburgh next Tuesday. So we're eight days away from that. We'll get a little bit of a clearer picture on exactly whether this team has completely turned the corner. But I do like Panarin's play. I do like the physicality of Truba. And more than that, I probably I, I like where Shesterkin's at right now. Remember, Shesterkin is nowhere near as good as he was last year, and he's still pretty good. If he ever gets going to anywhere in the vicinity of where he was last year, I think the Rangers are going to be in good shape. And that, more than anything else, has me bullish on the Rangers moving forward. So I'm going to try to talk EJ into joining us on Wednesday. Uh, hopefully that will work itself out. And um, Friday should be no issues because my only travel, I'm on this next road trip for the Rangers, but it's it's Philly on Saturday, Chicago on Sunday. So Monday I'll be able to do the podcast from Pittsburgh, and then I'll be back home on Wednesday for next week. So it doesn't look like travel will be any kind of issues. But if anything does come up, you follow me on Twitter. I'll let you know what's happening with game misconduct. But uh, – a lot of fun. We'll try to hook up with EJ coming up on Wednesday. Thanks for all the tweets. Thanks to Anthony Pusick. It was a lot of fun. Great weekend. Enjoy your hockey. I will talk to you again on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.